Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, what up, family? Welcome, welcome to the Chef Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Chad Cherry, and we're welcoming you back for another edition of our show. Um, if this is your first time joining us, welcome new family members. Welcome to the culture. What we talk about with Chef Culture in the podcast is obviously the food stuff, but it's much more than that, right? This is food, entrepreneurship, and lifestyle. And if you are unfamiliar with Chef Culture as an organization, that's what we do. We help independent black and brown culinary entrepreneurs build their businesses to sustainability so that they could then turn around and build their communities. The podcast has become an extension of that for the purpose of showing how small business, entrepreneurship, lifestyle, like how all the where those things intersect, especially with food and culture, and become one thing. So on today's podcast, we are gonna go in. We have some great topics. We're gonna be talking a lot about the great quit. Right. And that's going to be the body of it. And, and, you know, just talk about choice, man. Why people are moving the way they move. I mean, this is a 2022 is like we just throwing all the rules out the window. We, we in. It's a new year. And literally people is like new me. So we're going to talk about that. But as always, we'll kick off with our first segment. It's called the recipe. Now, the recipe is just what it sounds like, but it's a recipe for success. Here, I'm going to be introducing to you to you a young man named Rasheed Walker, who is multi-talented. If you just ask him what he do, he's going to say, yo, I do a little bit of everything. We know that's not really an answer. So we're going to pry a little bit more out of him today. Um, but on the recipe, the goal is to take a bird's eye view of where he wants to be and try to give him some, some wisdom that he may not have th- seen, some things he may just have missed, right? We can, we can tweak something because oftentimes when you have a dream or a vision, you work on it so hard and you're so close to it that you may miss little things, right? You can't see the forest for the trees. And that's true because we're so close to it. It takes someone with a bird's eye view to come in and just point out maybe a few little things you miss and maybe some paths you just didn't even notice while you were looking at the trees. And that is why consultants always have jobs. That's why good coaches are always coaching. And that is why you as an entrepreneur, even you need a coach. I got a coach. Everybody needs one. So the recipe is kind of like a little bit of a coaching session. Uh, we hope to leave everybody that comes on that segment with a recipe for their future success. So with no further ado, we're going to welcome Rashid Walker to the Chef Culture Podcast. Now, he is not a chef. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like he coming in strong. He just come deep on the mic. Yet. You know what I'm saying? We. We gonna welcome him. He, he's not a chef yet, but we working on it. So, so brother, um, please tell us just a little bit about yourself and your background. 
a little bit about myself. Like you said earlier, you know, I mean, I do a little bit of everything. I like it's not to, an answer, man. It's in, but it gives a people like perspective on like, okay, I'm gonna hear a lot from this person and get you ready for like what I'm about to lay down on the table because like I like to do insurance. I'm in school. Wait, you're licensed, aren't you? I'm licensed. Don't yet. see. See, I like to do insurance, and I'm licensed. Two totally different statements, bro. You're right. Well, I'm a self-appointed insurance adjuster. Mm -hmm. I'm licensed. Um, I could pretty much do catastrophes. I can do property, commercial, all of that. I actually got to um, do my continued education because my license expires on the 28th next month. But you got that. Oh yeah, and you know I me. Mean? I just got. Fit in some time. It's Black History Month. No black man in America should let a license expire in February. Oh, yeah. Never, never, never. <laughs> like, I'm also in school. I work for JetBlue. And then, like, I'm a sous chef. Mm -hmm. Soon to be chef. You know what I mean? And anything else that really makes me money. And, and more than that, though, because I think, because when we met, man, I always remember it was just, like, your, your passion shined through. Like, you were washing dishes. And you were washing the dishes right and then it came time to prep and you got in a prep and then we had a I, I was i pulled out the fridge and i was like yo why is this like this who yo somebody gotta clean this fridge and you jump down and clean the bottom of the fridge and it just it struck me because you don't meet a lot of 20 somethings I'm, I'm in my 40s family i'm, I'm growing and growing and growing um but you don't meet a lot of 20 somethings that are that are this willing to literally do whatever it takes so i asked him i said well, you know what are you trying to do like where is where is you know is food your thing what are you trying to do and um you explained to me that you were into you're really into into cbd and marijuana and you wanted to see if there was some kind of fusion in culinary right mm -hmm. and we talked about it but then you took it another level so tell us about that because you're in school for i'm in school to become a pharmacist um currently i'm a biomed major Mm -hmm. So I wanted to take the academic route to learn the science behind it, all the foundations and everything that comes along with it. So that when I branch it to my culinary side of it, I actually have some sort of backing when people be like, oh, how do you know what you're doing? Well, like when you see my degrees, like degrees well, speak for themselves. Is that because like with CBD, I don't know about you, but I ate this cookie once and was high for like three days. I mean, no bullshit, but like I literally literally went to sleep and woke up hot. Um, I know there's a big issue with the industry and why it hasn't been fully legalized is the whole dosing thing. So is that kind of what you were thinking about being able to understand oh, how most these chemicals definitely. interact? Yeah. Cause like when it comes to doing anything that don't take this in the wrong way, but when it takes you somewhat out of your element, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like when you're drinking, same thing when you're not really like fully there, I wanted to make sure people are safe while doing so. So it's like learning the proper dosage, learn, like learning the science behind it, learning how to properly do these things. Because at the end of the day, it is medicine. Facts. So if you if you know what you're doing, you could properly let people have a good time while also healing them in so many different ways. So I've I've actually never heard of someone taking this approach. Most chefs I know were chefs, and they love to smoke. So they're like, I'm combining my two loves, and and it makes perfect sense. But you're actually going to school route, so I want to commend you on that. But I have to ask, you know beyond this where where do you see how do you see like how do you see that manifesting once you get your degree and once you have the experience because you you have now you have a couple years of experience i'm confident to say because i've worked with you many times that in a few years you will be a very competent culinary professional right so you'll have your degree you'll be a competent culinary professional what do you see for yourself how do you see that playing out how do i see it playing out well while i'm 
in these because I call this like my foundation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in the foundation years. You build it. So like I'm building. Like I wanna because I'm all about like a solid foundation when it comes to anything. When it comes to work, life, family, mm-hmm. anything, I just want a solid foundation. So it's like I'm trying to connect with different people and develop these connections that when I look to pursue more to develop, like even if I have a rest, um, I want to start a restaurant with these things. Like I have things that people that I could rely on mm-hmm. and foundations that could help me push me forward into getting where I want to go. As far as where I want to really be with it, like short, like, you know, quick and short about it. I want to, I want a restaurant. I want to okay. own a restaurant. Like I want multiple streams of income that can help people within itself and like that's how i see the whole food and cbd and weed because people people need to eat mm-hmm. and at the end of the day like i said before it's medicine so if you're being able to get the proper nourishment and then you're also getting the healing properties from it you can only go so you can only you go, go nowhere so, but up yeah so how old are you i'm 21 got to get background got to get background and i think a lot of our listeners are going to be a Close to my age. They're going to be a little bit older than 21. Um, so I think this is excellent. And if I may just just spit some game for a second, man. Um, first, I want to reiterate what I've heard. You you said things like I want to lay a solid foundation. Um, you want to go to school because you want to really understand what you're doing, right? You don't want to just be like, oh, you know what? I understand food, so we're going to mix a little marijuana with this. You want to do more than that. Uh, I'm hearing innovation here, mm-hmm. right? And um. What I see just with my my business hat on this is I, I see some paths that you probably didn't think about. So let's talk about a, my first obvious one that just stands out to me. You're already in insurance, right? There's no business in this country that does not need insurance. Weed, CBD, medical marijuana, all of that is an emerging industry, right? Mm-hmm. So there are not going to be you know, historical policies or policy types that service that industry. So something that you may not have ever thought about is as you continue with your insurance, look at maybe trying to find some kind of policy that fits people that are going to be like yourself, people that are going to do more than just occasionally cook with it, but people that are going to be cooking with it and serving it to the public, right? That's going to need to be people that are going to have a restaurant where they're doing it because right now you just have chefs, that are infusing, but you don't have full restaurants. And maybe people that have a restaurant uh, dispensary and to go, you know, have several things, right? So from the insurance aspect, you could probably create a product that that could make you a lot of residual cash that other people aren't thinking about, right? And, and that's true. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need multiple streams of revenue. So something that just flashed out. And then going to your main passion, I'm going to tell you, man, at 21 most people aren't thinking about foundation. And in this game, there is no, I always tell people, you can be an entrepreneur, right? Balance isn't necessarily something that you get. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. But this truly is the cheat code. Building a business truly is the generational wealth cheat code in this country, right? So you you have the right mindset, but you got you have to be able to follow through with that mindset. And what I like to say to younger people is, Follow a concept called lifestyle design. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what that means is don't focus on just the money. Think about what you actually want your life to look like, not what we're seeing on Instagram or on other stuff, right? Think about what I want it to look like. And here's why 
it is easy to say, I need to make more money and not have a reason, not have an application for it. So the money just becomes the goal. And then you just keep you're chasing the dollar. You're making more and more and you're not really getting there. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you look at lifestyle design, you're like, yo, you know what? I want this kind of crib. Or better yet, you know what? I want to be able to travel three months. I want to be here. I want to go there for two months. I want to do this. Then you have an application for your money. Then it makes your money more valuable because your version of wealthy and comfortable is not everybody else's. Mm -hmm. and, and when you think about money that way, it really helps you build. Because as an entrepreneur, there's going to be ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. There's going to be times where you flush, you ball it. There's times when you're not. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is by always having more specific goals or a more specific why and knowing what you want your life to be like, even if you're even if you are literally sleeping on the couch for a couple of weeks because, you know, you're about to take a trip to France and nobody understands why you're sleeping on the couch. You do because that's your life. So a sacrifice makes perfect sense in your head. And that allows you to move forward, not just at a snail's pace, but it allows you to catapult forward at a pace that other people won't because they're not willing to make those sacrifices because they don't have the fuel. They don't have a strong enough why. Mm -hmm. So lifestyle design is important. Picture something, hold on to it, make it permanent in your head, and then know what you got to do to get there. Gotcha. And towards your restaurant stuff, I want to tell you, sir, I would not wish a restaurant on some of my worst enemies. Mm -hmm. As a chef, it is some of the most soul-sucking, monotonous work I've ever done. I've owned two. Mm -hmm. There are massive rewards from having a home base and having a place where people can come see you and where you can build. But you got to think, if you're really serious about a restaurant, your restaurant, one, needs to be multiple things. That's why I said, well, what about restaurant, dispensary, to-go, right? Mm -hmm. Lounge. Don't just think restaurant and don't just think one restaurant if you're going to do it. If you are going to do a restaurant, you're going to have to think more than one. Gotcha. Unless you are going to be so high end. And those aren't really doing well. You look at what happened last year during the pandemic, the exposed weakness in these. So for you, I'm not telling you to, to, to not dream about these things. But what I'm saying to you is look at what it takes and where you really want to be. Mm -hmm. Because what you could do is you could have guest restaurants in every city across the world for a week at a time. Why do you have to have a solid location? Why can't you do a guest in New York? Why can't you do a guest in LA? Why can't you do a guest in Florida, Miami, right? right. We do these pop-ups and it just gives you a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? Cause, cause I see you're the type of dude, when you say you do a little bit of everything, people normally, they be BSing when they say that, but you do. So, so with that same mindset of being a renaissance man, don't limit yourself, mm -hmm. right? And that's just, like I said, I'm 40. I've done a lot, yeah. right? But I want you to know that you can have it all. Mm -hmm. And it does start now. It does start with the hard work, man. And I wanted to thank you for, for coming on this segment of The Recipe. And I want to ask you, after hearing it, is there anything you wanted to add, bro? Anything you thought? But did that spark anything? Um, You definitely did. I... Cause when you said going back to the why have like a single foundation i'm not even that type of person where i'll be like in one spot mm -hmm. so like it made me think of multiple things like oh what if i do like a food truck thing because like at the end of the day when 
like this is going more into like the CBD and the food things. I thought more about that. I'm like, well, when you have people eat food, it gets some a certain way, can't drive under the influence. So it's something I would encourage to get back home. And then it's like comes back to that insurance piece. And then it comes back to the insurance piece. <laughs> it's like, all right, so we need certain policies to protect businesses. Mm-hmm. And then so it's like it kind of like brings things together, but it makes me think a lot more and more in depth. And it shows that for me, it gives me the clarification that like, this is what I really want to do because I'm thinking more about it. Usually when it gets hard, people drop it. Facts. Facts. But like, when you tell me all these things, I'm like, all right, so, all right, I'm going to cross that out, but I got this and this and this. So I'm going to try these things. I'm going to see if it comes together and see what works. And I'm going to come back to it, get more, you know, I mean, consultation, get more advice from the, you know, my peers and people that have been doing this a lot longer than me. So see where it gets me. Cause like at the end of the day, it's just more fuel to keep me going. Hey, listen, man, at the end of the day, you may end up being the first person to open a CBD restaurant on the metaverse. We don't know, oh. but there's so many options. And, and I, like I said, I want to thank you for your time, but I'm happy it sparked something. What you just said is such a big key. You said, yo, when things get hard, people stop. But I kept thinking about it. So I knew this was it. And I got to say, for any entrepreneur that's listening, if you incorporate something into your recipe, think about that. Know that that like if you come up upon challenges and your mind doesn't instantly run from it, that might be a thing for you. That might be it. So I- I'm going to leave the recipe there, man. I'm going to thank my guests for joining us, man. And um, we're going to get ready to move into our next segment. But um, I have some takeaways right back for you in a minute. Glad to be here. Learned a lot from y'all. Thank you for having me. Always, fam. Always. So, after every recipe, we love to come back and just talk about takeaways. Because if you're like me, you might fast forward through some of it. But for this next two minutes, you need to be right here with me, family. All right. So, from our conversation with Rasheed Walker, a.k.a. Red. The first takeaway I gave for that young man is this lifestyle design. Find your specific why and you get to your specific why by learning what you want your life to look like because your life shouldn't be anybody else's life. And that means that when you are ready to sacrifice, when you're in the trenches, you can maintain that sacrifice because you know what your long term vision is, your why lifestyle design. Takeaway number two, build your foundation. That means do the hard work, right? I went to a a conference and they had this thing called GSA, a a get-ish done degree, right? Just get it done. There is no substitute for hard work. There is no shortcut. No one will build it for you. And matter of fact, no one, not including your mama, your loved ones, are going to see your vision until you make it plain, make it a reality. You have to give birth to this. Do the hard work, get it done, right? And build your foundation while you're doing it. Takeaway number three, don't limit yourself. Whatever you can see in your head today, the future probably holds 10X of that, right? So leave your vision, leave space in your vision for something bigger, right? The future is all about mobility. The future is not static and it's not going to be stuck. So don't limit yourself. Have a big, broad vision. All right. That will help you because when it's time to pivot, being able to see other outcomes is really what you need. So those are your takeaways from the recipe. And I want you to know my name is Chef Chad Cherry and this is what I do. 
I founded Chef Culture along with my wife. And Chef Culture, it's it's an ecosystem. Okay, we impact black and brown communities by creating ecosystems of culinary professionals and external industry affiliates. We create systems for our members' personal and professional development and leverage our collective power and sustainability to produce social good. What the hell does all that mean? A lot of good things, but you're going to have to listen to it again for that. But I'm going to tell you in short, what it means is if you are a chef and you're starting a culinary business and you need a mentor, you need coaches, you need help, you come to Chef Culture, you join the network, and we will help you with that. And if you're not a chef... And you want some business advice, pitch Chef Culture. We have mentors and coaches from all over because we all work together. That's the whole external industry affiliates piece. Lastly, if you're planning an event and you want the absolute most fire, dopest, like you want that food, you want that real thing, you got to come to Chef Culture for the dopest black and brown chefs across the country. For any questions, you can send me a DM directly on any of the social media platforms. That is Chef Culture with a K on all social media or Chef Chad Cherry. Or you can just email me. For my email, that link will be in the bio. And we'll see y'all soon, family. Hey, welcome to the culture, y'all. That's what we do. I, I tell you, you can always tell if food is good by people take a bite close their eyes start to smile and just like fall back from the plate for a second just mm, like like one of those like yeah i I need a moment i need to step back and and if it's really really good and they don't want to bite too fast because they don't want it to be over soon gosh dude that that is that is the probably what just happened to everybody here that just tried some of chef's food now y'all know me i'm chef chad cherry and, and in this segment this is called elevated eats so we this is the foodie segment this is the stuff i love i always tell people when i'm on stage i earn this belly right don't trust the skinny chef okay don't do it but I, I, I'm over here like I'm, I'm searching for words because there are still few times when I can taste something and absolutely lose my itch. This was one of them. I'm going to be introducing you to a chef on this segment. And, and what is so dope is, yes, her food is stupid. Like, go dumb, for real. If I had that dumb, dumb, dumb sample, I would play that right now. Like, it is it is all of that. And I'm and trust me, I'm not overhyping it, right? Um. But not just that, her story is interesting. If if we get if you guys get to the YouTube and you get to see some of the videos, uh, I hope we get some B-roll on her because we were recording. Because she's also just a natural born comedian. She'd be telling some stuff. But I've got to I've got to tell you her story because it, it's funny that I always say you have to love the person as much as you love the food. And that's because chefs for years have only been valued for what they can produce. And it's led to a toxic culture in our community. And with Elevated Eats, yes, we have to have an amazing plate, but we need an amazing person. And trust you guys, y'all are like, y'all are it for us, man. Most real chefs that I know, they do this because they want to see people smile. They want to genuinely touch people in a way. And and remember, y'all, cooking is what you do chef is a lifestyle 
So when we talk about chefs on this and chef culture, we're not talking about just people that went to school and got a degree. We are talking about people that live this. And you know how you know when someone lives this? When you take a bite of something and you close your eyes and you smile and you fall back from the plate. Right? You don't fall back enough that someone could come take a bite of you. Because if they do, it's going to be a problem. But you know you right there. So with that being said, I want to introduce you to Chef Sheila from, how do I pronounce it? What's, you told me earlier, the kitchen. Kazuri, Kazuri's Kitchen. Kazuri's Kitchen. Yes. Lord. Mm, take me back, y'all. Take me back. All right. <laughs> Chef Sheila, tell, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, tell, about yourself. Right. What's your background? Where are you from? How did you get what? Yeah. Talk. talk. Let me know, fam. Let me know. All right. My name is Sheila Davis. I was born in Kenya. So I came here for school. Mm -hmm. I finished school. And then I did what my did you whole study? career. I did culinary management. Okay. And then after I graduated, I actually was a sous chef for uh, my internship and all that stuff. But then at that time, like, 2001 2002 the industry was very male dominated still is so i did uh my my, my uh, internship but then um i got an opportunity to do um to be a front of house manager so i started doing front of house manager and i did that and i got into hotels then my back end of the story is i worked 13 years at the gaylord palms and i was a restaurant manager but really my passion was cooking Mm -hmm. um, but that was really so. You was the front of the house manager that was always jumping on the line. Yes, <laughs> my brother. Yes. Uh, so, but that was a great experience for me mm -hmm. because it, it made me understand the customer side and yeah. customer experience. Things I would have never experienced being at the back of the house. So I did that for thirteen years. Then at, towards the end of it, I met my husband. But now it was just getting a lot. Yeah. So I asked the restaurant head, lifestyle. It was is, too much. It was too much. I was a mom. I had a child. I was working 12, 13 hours a day. I worked pretty much most holidays. Mm -hmm. Even though my company was very accommodative, I still missed some very, you know. Some milestones. Yes. Yeah, man. So I remember when I met my husband and I was telling him, maybe I can't do this. I can't do this. So every year towards December, I was like, it's too much. It's too much. So eventually I told my husband, I can't do this anymore. I need a break. Um, and I think at first he thought I was joking. And I said, no, really? He's like, I don't think you can stay out of work. So anyway, long story short, I took a break and it ended up being a year break. Okay, wow. So I was at home. I didn't have a good exit plan. My exit plan was I was tired. I want to be home with my family. And That's called culinary burnout. Yes. It happens in the restaurant industry. We share a similar background. Yes. Actually, that's uh, where I learned most of my culinary school. I was a front of house manager for Outback Steakhouse mm -hmm. for five years. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I took the break and for a year I was home, literally woke up every day and just was home, took care of my family. And then a year later I was like, okay, it's time for me to do something. And then um, everybody always told me, hey, you're a great cook, you need to do this. So, told my, so I literally told my husband, okay, I'm gonna do seafood because a friend of ours was doing seafood and they had a great seafood my friend Sanya from our friend Sanya from Fort Myers was doing seafood and they had a great recipe so we started doing seafood mm -hmm. but we lived in Windermere that time and that's what I thought what everybody needed so, so you were cooking 
what you thought people wanted. Absolutely. I, I just okay, yes. okay. I'm, I'm tracking you. I'm That's tracking. what I thought we needed at that time, and we did it. It was good and successful for a minute. And but on the side, I was also doing African food because I'm from were you, Kenya. But were you selling like plates? Were you doing, I was doing plates. meal preps? Okay. No, then I was doing plates. Yeah. And uh, it was doing good. Um, but then I was doing also Kenyan food. Um, then six months into it, my whole family transitioned to vegan. Ah. That was not my plan. I didn't know anything about vegan. <laughs> Did they talk to you first? No. Or was this kind of like, no. hey, 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 mom, I know you cook everything, but listen, right? We ain't eating that no more. So the family just became vegan. So now here I am running a business that's doing everything non-vegan. Everything. So we had to refigure this out. And that was, I think, the best thing that has ever happened to me because after that, I had to figure out, okay, I had to redirect my business. Yes, I was doing the African side, mm -hmm. which my most of my clients are Kenyans and Africans, and I'm grateful for that. But there was an opportunity for me after I learned about everything about the vegan lifestyle. I was like, okay, there's an opportunity here. Yeah. So yeah. we transitioned. So most of the things I used to either post on my group or my, my Facebook was what my family ate. Mm -hmm. So now I'm posting all this vegan stuff. So it and got you, me. And it, I know some of your clients were probably a little confused yes. as to what's happening. After today. Because yeah. I do have two groups because I have my vegan group because we are vegans. But then I also have Kazuri Kitchen, which I do Kenyan food, non-vegan food, and mm -hmm. other cuisines. You know, Absolutely. As a chef, so, we cook everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, so I had to find balance in so, that. So I want to I want to dig into that for a second. I know, we, like I said, you got to mm -hmm. love the person as much as you love the plate. I know a lot of times when we're starting our businesses, because we have such pressure to get dollars in the door, mm -hmm. We doing everything. We doing mm -hmm. plates. We doing meal plans. We're doing birthdays. We doing weddings. We <laughs> traveling. We're doing a little bit of everything, and it gets tough to try to button down into something. Like I know traditional business advice is find a niche mm -hmm. and uh, or niche, excuse me, and and run into that. But um, it's just tough because you know we need to make money. However, mm -hmm. at a certain point. To grow, you got to find something that resonates with you. And I think that was a conversation yes. we were having yesterday. Yes. So I want to touch on that because, you you know, when we spoke, you were like, hey, you know, um, what should I do, chef? And I'm like, do something that resonates with you. And you're like, well, you know, my whole family's vegan. I don't know if I should do this vegan thing. And I have to tell you, I am so happy that you chose to go that route. And if I have any vote in, in what you're doing going forward, you, you got to give us more to vegan food. I that agree. was, it was incredible, Chef. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate that because I think uh, Chef Jawan and Chef Andre, they always cheer me to do that. These are other Chef Culture family yes. members from the Orlando yes. chapter, the, the, if y'all are wondering. The, those are my brothers. Yeah. Those are the brothers. And um, what I, I think I'm learning, and this has been a personal struggle because I do all those things. I do yeah. meal plans. I do vegan meal plans. I do non-vegan <laughs> meal plans. But what I think my passion is coming to, I'm realizing there's a gap in our community when it comes to vegan food. Mm. And vegan food is not just don't eat meat, don't do this, because I do have clients who have cancer. Yeah. I have clients who have rheumatism. I have clients who are doctors saying, all you got to eat is this. You know what I mean? So I'm learning that in our community, there's a very big misconception about veganism. Yeah. And I'm not here to make anybody be vegan, my challenge is to chefs, to everybody to take a minute and learn 
about healthy eating. And healthy eating is not about being skinny and that because our community is suffering from a lot of high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cardiovascular issues. And Diabetes. all these issues come back to um, infl inflammation. And what causes inflammation is dairy and it's all a lot this of stuff. So I think as, uh, as chefs, we have a responsibility to make sure we understand what we are feeding people. Yo. So you, it doesn't have to be a vegan meal. I'm not saying don't cook meat or don't serve them fish. All I'm saying is make sure your bases are right. Make sure you're using the right oils. Make sure. So we are setting up our community for success. <laughs> it, it is. I feel like I'm, I'm looking into a mirror. Like I, I promise you, if we could go back five, six years ago, I was saying some of those same things. And that was part of a that that was i mean you get listeners don't notice but the real premise behind chef culture it, yes we support our independent culinary professionals but the reason why mm -hmm. the reason why is because we feel like we're the change we can have in our for our communities right mm -hmm. no one's going to feed us better than us and and i know i'm tangenting a little bit because i want to talk about the actual meal you made but what you just said was so profound because it's true as chefs, we absolutely have a responsibility to to learn how to substitute and to learn how to do things healthier. And often, you know, Black History Month is coming up. Mm -hmm. People ask me to do soul food demos all the time. And I look at them. I was like, cool, but I'm going to give you real soul food. Mm -hmm. And I was telling them, I was like, first of all, what we know is soul food right now is not soul food. Mm -hmm. That's not it. Our cuisine, one, was always super elevated and refined. Mm -hmm. Two, vegan vegetarian. That's all we did. That was us. We invented we that. Have. We couldn't afford me. What? Couldn't afford me? And what? I'm going to run around and catch the chicken? You know how long it caught, took you to get that chicken My and get it clean? You don't, you don't understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't have enough chicken to go for... Sorry. We don't, go ahead. <laughs> we don't, we don't have, enough have enough chicken. It's okay. Let's make what we have and feed the village. See, but chefs, but to serious though, as chefs, I think we do have a moral responsibility to make sure that we're feeding people healthy. We can make a fish and I can I can actually sit and make a fish with a chef and use vegan butter and it will taste the same. Can you can you but I do have to bring we you can back do a, we can I do a do, chef do, down and it will taste the same. I gotta bring you back to the village. Don't talk about my village. <laughs> I, I must. I must. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> go. Go ahead, my brother. The principles that we live by in America, we can learn so much from, you know, our ancestors in their village, right? Our, our cousins in Africa mm -hmm. right now. Because y'all look at waste differently. You know, we, we you know, we're going to get a chicken eye. Right, we get some chicken legs. Keep moving. You guys would use everything, right? Like it's a, like a village. Beak. My brother, we have to figure out what to do with it. But listen, I think it's easy to say, okay, people in America don't do this. People in America don't do this. But you don't know any different. Yeah. You know, I come from a culture where if we had a cow, we used everything to the tail. The tail was something. The hoofs were something. But you guys don't know that. So I can expect you to know what you don't experience. But your responsibility is to learn. Facts. It's hard to learn when you have plenty. 
Okay, fast. So it's okay. Gosh. We we're gonna have to do a full interview with you. It's okay. Cause cause time is running down, but we have to just take two more minutes and talk about the actual food. And listeners, I'm so sorry I didn't talk more about the food. I will post pictures of this plate and you will see this on the YouTube. Trust. Crazy. You made tell us what you made. Today we made um vegan mac and cheese. We tried to be very minimal on the cheese because my husband doesn't like a lot of cheese. Mm -hmm. So instead of the cheese base, I use um, butternut squash and some potatoes, boil them, you know, put some spices to give it good flavor, just a tad bit of cheese for the texture. Okay. And then we did some collard greens. Vegan cheese. Yes, for the vegan cheese. Everything is vegan. For the, for the um, collard greens, uh, normally um, in American culture, you make uh, collard green, then you put your pork and all yeah. that stuff. Instead of the pork, I use jackfruit. But in that's where the Kenyan infusion comes. Instead of boiling all the way down, the, the vegetables will be nice and green and, and crunchy. So that's where that comes in. And then I made the fried fried chicken. I know people get upset when we, we consider it chicken. But our version of vegan chicken, I made it from oyster mushrooms. And every spice you can use to make your fried chicken, I took that and infused it. I made it on the oyster mushroom and fry it. Okay. So I got, I got to jump in here, chef. Mm -hmm. Cause I ate it. Mm -hmm. it and what you just described mm -hmm. is good, but it, the memory in my head was something different. Okay. This Mac and cheese was macking. Okay. As my man said, all right, this thing was, it was, as my daughter would say, it was given what it was supposed to gave. Okay. Amen. And this was a, you couldn't talk to someone and say, I'm gonna put this mac and cheese up for Thanksgiving. You could put a bowl of that in the black house for Thanksgiving and nobody right. would have been upset. Now that's a true pass. I'm gonna tell you because the mac and cheese is more important than the turkey, mm -hmm. right? So you could put the mac up and that and, and you could get a pass. The collard greens, what was genius is because the collard greens weren't tender. Y'all, y'all, my family from the South know what I'm talking mm. about, right? Mm. Because the collard greens weren't tender because you didn't cook them to the nutrients route, which is the traditional way of cooking it for, for Southern people. What was genius was you did a very, very thin julienne. Yes. The cut the on the collard them, greens. Saute them in a little bit of uh, onions and some garlic, fresh garlic, mm -hmm. and very little tomato. And jackfruit. I don't. I, I would have never guessed tomato and jackfruit because it really yes. did taste like you had put a, a little ham hock in there. Yes. Um, and that's what it tasted like. But the texture, the crunch, was not unwelcome. Mm -hmm. So my palate enjoyed that texture of mm -hmm. the collard greens, mm -hmm. and that's why I said the julienne was genius because I think if you would have done a different cut or if you yes. wouldn't have been so specific, then we would have enjoyed the texture so I much. Agree. Right. And now speaking of texture, coming to that fried chicken, mm -hmm. yo. All I'm gonna say is like look, 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 you know how we start the podcast and I'm like, yo, <laughs> that chicken, it was it 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 was like the best piece of dark meat you could have had, bro. I was telling her we could have put this thing on a waffle and we had people going crazy. It was crunchy the right way so fried correctly crunchy but it was also the texture the pull apart you know when you bite into a leg the thing that people if you're a leg person what you like about a leg when you bite into it that texture that meatiness that oyster mushroom mm -hmm. did that and and my kids my mm. daughter cleared her plate and she was like you know mushrooms are my enemy <laughs> 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 and she cleared her plate right like 
that so so I had to, I had to put that up. We will put those pictures up, and I promise you, we will have Chef back for a full interview. Mm-hmm. Um, we're running out of time, but I want to ask as we end our session: Is there any last things you want to leave yes. listeners with about yourself? I do. I, I just want to say for my community is for us as a community. I want us to know there's options. Vegan doesn't mean eat salad every day. We can take things as chefs that we do every day and create for other people every day and make them healthy, make them fun, make them delicious and good for them. We are responsible for making sure people eat healthy and reduce the high blood pressure and reduce the cardiovascular diseases, Mm -hmm. everything that's caused by food because we are what we eat. So uh, my challenge to every chef is just to make sure we're making good choices for our community because we are responsible for what they eat well, and we can do it and we can make it fun and delicious and everything you do, there is a vegan option. You, you, it truly is a pleasure um, to have you here and, and to be fed by you. And I am so ecstatic that you are a part of our village, a part I of our tribe with chef culture and um, looking forward to growing with you, man. So, so thank sis, you. thank you so much for thank coming. Let's you. give another round of applause for chef, chef Sheila from Kenya. Yes. All right. And it's Kazuri's Kitchen. Kazuri's Kitchen. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I also have a vegan group called uh, Plant-Based and Vegans Beginners on Facebook. I'll give you the links. We're going to put the links, but can you spell Kazuri for us real quick? K-A-Z-U-R-I. And that means? It means something nice, something little and something nice. Literally. Yes. So y'all just learned something, family. All right, we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Chef Culture Podcast where we bring to you amazing things. And, and and I'm gonna while I have her sitting here, you know, there's this little website that, that I might have something to do with. It's called <laughs> seasoningbox.com. Now, on this website, you can go and get real seasoning blends. The difference is when you go to a store and you say, Hey, I want to get a seafood seasoning, right? They're going to give you a seasoning blend that has about four or five ingredients. And maybe they'll throw an extra ingredient, which just tends to be an anti-caking, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe they'll throw in some rice stuff there. But they throw in a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily need in your seasonings. When you go to Seasoning Box, our smallest blend has seven or eight ingredients. It is literally chef-tailored. So when a chef goes and goes to cook, we're going to pull out 18 different herbs and spices because that's what we know is going to pair with this. So we have taken that knowledge and put it into specific stuff like a shrimp blend, like a southern fried chicken blend, right? Like a savory chicken blend, like a steak or a five-star burger gourmet blend. And you can get these seasonings at a reasonable price. Plus, you can subscribe so that you get them delivered to your door monthly and never have to worry about running out of seasonings again. Mm. While I got Chef here, I'm going to need you to help me create an African blend that we can put on seasoningbox.com. So, um, girl. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's so, do it. Remember y'all, seasoningbox.com, and we will see you guys next week for another episode of the Chef Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Chef, Chef Chad Cherry, and it has been a pleasure. Thank you again, and we out. Shalom. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.